You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Here they come. They'll never take me away. I won't go to room 16. You will. All right, before we start it, there's a uh, show coming up that we wanted to make sure that we announce and, and get everybody out there on board. Um, J- Saturday, June 3rd, 2023, at the Uptown VFW Hall in lovely Minneapolis, Minnesota. Um, a memorial celebration to benefit the family of Sean Lipinski. Um, the bands that are playing are Identity Crisis, Desperate Acts, Blue Ox, Empire Down, Harvest, Gnaw, and Sunset. Mm, so that's nice. uh, Saturday, June 3rd, 2023, Minneapolis, Minnesota. Uh, some of you might know Sean from the band Holding On. Um, passed away back in December. Um uh, you know, a friend of a friend who was, by all accounts, just a, a really overwhelmingly warm and welcoming guy, um, has a family, has people in his life who need him, need support. So please, please, <clears throat> uh, if you have the means, uh, attend the show. If not, there is information uh, online. I would encourage people to to go to the the uh, Bridge Nine site. There's a, a bunch of information and uh, and you, there's some links where you can make donations as well to assist his family. So, um, thank you to everyone putting this together and uh, thoughts to Sean Lipinski's family. And welcome to Axe to Grind, the hardcore podcast. I'm Patrick. I'm Bob. And I'm Tom. Mm. Let's. I feel like this is going to be a meaty one. Let's go straight to ad reads. <clears throat> Let's go straight to ad reads. And in that spirit, we are going to uh, clip them quick, as uh, some old friends would say. Uh, closed casket activities. Mm, yeah. Run for cover records. I'm rather exciting. To live a lie. Uh, big thrills. Convulse records. Woo. Guys, everybody's busy. I don't know. It's spring fever. It's something. But... Uh, all of our label supporters are hot and ready. Um, consider us little Caesars because we got stuff on the take. You just come, grab it, pick it up, and go. Uh, feel very lucky to be working with all these folks. Closecastcategories.com. Go there. A uh, bunch of new stuff, but the thing we will talk about more in more detail Twitching Tongue Sleep Therapy Redux. Uh, double LP gatefold package remixed by. Taylor Young of The Pit, remastered by Brad Boatwright of Audio Siege and From Ashes Rise. Um, the full sleep therapy recording session, including some unreleased material, original 2010 demo, and some covers. It's selling fast. The two most limited colors are gone. Go get it. Uh, Twitching Tongues is back. I think by this time you will have seen some announcements that they're included on. So shout out to them, closecasticactivities.com. Uh, to live a lie, to live a lie.com. Click on that web store. 
Y'all, we talk about Spy a lot. Their new LP is coming out on Bridge or not Bridge Nine Triple B Spy Satisfaction. Uh, there is an exclusive color uh, limited to only 250, which means it's one of the rare ones. And if you missed some of the others, To Live a Lie still has their variant available. Go there, order it, grab some other records. One of the best bands in hardcore. I expect this to be one of the most important records to come out this year. ToLiveLie.com. Run for cover records. RunForCoverRecords.com. Uh, yo, there's a bunch of stuff. They got a bunch of records we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about the Horse Jumper of Love, as we called it, H. Joel, Heartbreak Rules, new record, Temple of Angels, Endless Pursuit, Texas Band. I'm very curious. haven't listened yet. Uh, a record we did feature already, Portrayal of Guilt, Devil Music. I feel like this is going to appeal to a lot of the Action Grind audience who normally isn't here for our Run for Cover stuff. That's okay. Uh, that dude, who's the run? Who's the YouTube guy? Who's the YouTube guy? You, which YouTube fellow are we talking about? Uh, glasses. Guy. Oh, Jesus. Anthony glasses. Fantano. Anthony Fantano. He did a review of this record. He said big things. Does that matter? Who knows? Who cares? Run find, for out, find out for yourself. Find out for yourself. Runforcoverrecords.com. Uh, convulserecords.com yo uh, entry fast punk hardcore from LA um, their LP detriment I believe came out on Southern Lord uh, super fast has all the heaviness you'd expect um, oddly enough members of Touche but not from that side of things this is really good really really good maybe we'll talk about it more maybe we'll get some people on to talk about it Entry, exit interview, 7-inch, available now. Still can grab a copy on Highlighter Yellow out of 100. I would do so quickly at convulserecords.com. Hopefully, I'll see those guys uh, at a playoff game soon. And that's it. Thank you to our sponsors. Guys, how you doing? How you feeling? Doing very well. <clears throat> I have a topic to, right off the fucking bat. So, Tom, you tell us how you're doing. I'm I'm confused now. I am good. <laughs> I just don't want to. I just don't want. Well. I don't want to talk over your. your he he's, he means he has an appetizer, I, I, not not an. Oh, I was like, wait a minute. We talked about this. No, no, no. <laughs> I've got. I've just got a thing that just came across my desk. <laughs> I got Scoop Kinlan on Eyewitness News at the sign of the arrest. No, uh, right. it's throwing it over to you, Patty. Uh, please, uh, what what do you got for us today? Well, I'm in. Uh, I'm in Australia. Oh, you got to give it like five second night delay. He go, hello, Bob. <laughs> I did. I, I did here. like his voice on it. He was doing the other inflection really well. It was good. But I'm in Australia. So this is probably 12 hours late. Uh, this cold as life show. Uh, can we talk about it real quick? Sure. Yes. Uh, okay. This is Pat scrolling back through our group chat and like trying to catch up. Uh, listen, th- this is just interesting to uh, me because I've slammed dead guy for uh, not putting the work into putting together uh, like really meaty shows that reflect how important the band is uh, for their You said meaty twice in the last 10 minutes. Uh, uh, Beefy. beefy, uh, They need to uh, thicken up. So here's the the counter argument. Uh, Is Cold as Life uh, putting too many sizable bands on a, a, a comeback show? No, I think that's per. I think that show for, for like that sh- for them. It's, it's, I think it's perfect. It's I know a big, it's big almost, room. It's almost a festival, though. That's like a mm. that's like well, a yeah. properly like there's big bands on this fucking thing. Well, <laughs> you, know? but, dude, so, you say the same this. room that tied down is happening. 
Mm-hmm. Ding, ding, ding. Thank you, Tom. Sorry. So, no, no, thank you. I th- that's that's the point. Um, in a big room. But they're making it a big party, you know? I, I mean, if, if put it this way. Let's put it in terms I know you can understand. If you're renting out, like, uh, bombers, you can't invite your entire high school to your, your 29th birthday party, right? Mm. But if we're renting out the armory... Everybody's invited. I, I listen. I'm just saying. <laughs> is is it possible to outshine yourself when you have so many, uh, like uh, other credible large acts on a thing? A wise what friend once thing? said, "If it's okay. if it's lit, it's worth it. Who cares?" Okay, okay. all right. Did someone, who's the wise friend who said that? Patrick. Patrick has <laughs> alluded to it's worth giving up some in your oh, pocket that, yes, or otherwise yes. to make it overall big. And I, I mean, to be honest, let me let me speak here just kind of plainly. Super good for Coldless Life. Uh, they put together a nice little show. I'm curious to see what else turns of it. I think they're putting it together to maximize their entry. And, you know, like... Yo, I mean, listen, it is. It is fest level. You know, it's good for them. I, I love this much more than what Dead Guy did in terms of like, yeah, just give up a little bit of this. And everybody, I'm not trying to pretend like Dead Guy walked with with college education's uh, money for, for for their shows. I'm just saying that there's no. We have no idea. We're we're yeah, not counting. Yeah, not count pockets. To be honest, I really don't even. Think it of an event. That's what we talk about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. And they and Cold as Life did make it an event. For sure. So I want to give uh, all the respect to that. I just, uh, and look, I guess actually this is the smart move. Sorry, I'm walking through this as I look at it. Uh, you're getting some of the uh, newer bands uh, uh, early, and then you're getting bands that have all been around for a long time. And that's probably the move because you're not going to get any walkout before Cold is Life. Everybody, I guess that's the thing that would be, nerve wracking for me if I was putting together a show where, where I was coming back and I said, Oh, I want other things, uh, uh, other draws on this, but nobody that nobody that loves integrity is not stick around for coldest life. Nobody that lo- loves death threat. Nobody that loves terror. So, so th- th- this is, this is well put together. It's just, I have to play both sides. You know how it is. No, I mean, I think it's good for the thought experiment. Like, could they have, and actually it's a, it's, We'll use this as a segue into things, but it's one of those questions we come across in hardcore, especially as it gets longer in the tooth with some of these things, and we see bands with long to- tails. What's the move if it's been a while since you played a show? Do you have a, f- a focused spotlight just on you? Maybe you just book a couple friends bands. Maybe you book a couple young bands. Maybe you just do all local, you know? Or do you blow it out? And say, hey, we're just going to make this a big deal. And I, I mean, in my estimation, Cold as Life went the let's blow it out route. And I think all the better. Because now, not only do you have the, oh, crap, it's Cold as Life. People who are excited about that band will be excited about it. But you have the, these other bands who obviously, I mean, this is the thing. It's not just them randomly selecting stuff. All these bands make sense to be playing this Cold as Life show, right? They're all out there amplifying this too so it's like a big signal boost it's making it a giant event like uh, when's the last time cold as life played i'm not totally sure but it doesn't seem like it was as big a deal as this one's gonna be 
No, this is going to be a big deal. This is cool. Yeah, Tom. Tom's just waiting, so making sure you don't uh, don't get in trouble. Stepping here. anything. I'm just giving. Yeah, yeah I'm giving. <laughs> I mean, this is fucking cool, but I'm just saying. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, I think it's it's smart because <clears throat> it is a big space. I think it makes sense because it's like all those bands that are playing are bands that have you know either come up alongside you know maybe not those bands but like the people in the bands have come up alongside Cold as Life and looked up to Cold as Life. So it's like. It, it makes total sense. It's a fucking giant room and it makes it a place like, like October 7th. That's the show. Mm. There's going to be people from all over the country, all over the world going oh, there. You know what I'm saying? Like, so yeah. like if, if you have the opportunity to make something an event and I think like, you know, we, we kind of crush that guy in this, but like, you know, it's a lot easier to make it an event when it's a 2000 cap and rather than 225 people at St. Vitus. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You got a lot more flexibility financially and stuff. You can make it. I mean, if I was a dead guy, dope. I would have done a two week residence at, uh, at Vitus, but uh, whatever. Listen, my my management of dead guy is only hypothetical. So uh, continued success to everybody. <laughs> you haven't been drafted into yeah. that role yet. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Not yet. I mean, you keep talking shit. Yeah. 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 It's going to be put up or shut up, and it's uh, going to be interesting. Um, you know, it's an interesting conversation to have. Um, about bands who are doing things and new stuff and old stuff and bands coming back. Tom, you had a great idea and it's, you know, it's been percolating for a while. Um, what are we talking about today? Why don't you set the scene? Um, yeah. So the thought I had is that something that we've talked about, like very briefly in passing over the last 275 episodes, um, (laughs) of extra grind podcast. Um, the idea of like a, a of a comeback slash reunion record, and like right. the more we kind of pulled at those threads, there's a lot more to it. So like you know, I, at first I thought about like Ban is gone, just gone, and yep. they decide they're reuniting and doing a record. That's like how yes. I kind of formulated it in my head. Yes, but then the more we talked about it. There's also those bands that are like, oh, you haven't put out a record in 10 years. You've played some like shows. Yeah. But you finally put out a record or bands that like, like in, 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 in the grander scope of history, no one will have realized you guys broke up. Right. Right. And then came back and put out a record. Like you have yeah. one of your folks on your list, Bob. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That you didn't like, I mean, like if you're looking back on that band's career, no one's going to be like, oh, remember that time they broke up for six months? <laughs> right and yeah. then put out a record that was like one of their best you know probably their, some of the best material they've ever done oh yeah you know so yeah so we kind of put together a list of you know comeback slash reunion records and i think notable you know, good com- bad uh, all the all the in between not not so much yeah. bad we're not going to focus on the bad but no but some conversation no, I, mean, I think that's the big because i think that's why these are so special because these are re- records that are are actual comebacks that people you know that fit in with the rest of the their the band's respective discographies and i think we also talked about like comebacks in terms of like return to form oh yeah yeah that's like for example story. this yeah. is so um the other day i i posted about this like uh relatively underrated get up kids record this, this record called guilt show mm. which is like the early 2000s right so they had this one record something to write home about humongous sends them into the stratosphere 
the next record is a record called On a Wire that is in retrospect is great but at the time it was like this has like slide guitar in it nobody wants slide guitar we want like your pop punk songs not your country songs yeah yeah so people kind of like turned on them and then it seemed like the get up kids were like my bad here's an lp of all the stuff that you like about us right and it was like really a return to form but by that point people were like off the train yeah that's the way it goes which sucks, you know what I mean? So it's like there's also comeback records that we talked about that bands that are like, oh, you went like too far afield and this is like your like overcorrection, your overcorrection record. Right. No, so so I have a fun, that's, that's a good caveat because I want to, part of doing this is always having the conversation of like what, what defines it and how do we, how do we scope out what we're doing? I want to ask you guys both this. Bane, Don't Wait Up, comes out in 2014. The band did not break up yet. They, they eventually break up, but they didn't break up in between recordings. They were active the entire time, you know, with little breaks here and there. Did a series of EPs around 2009, 2010 that would roughly equate to almost a full length, if not, you know, a full length of material. This is not a reunion record. Not a comeback record, not a return to form record, because I think stylistically it's in line with their other material for sure. You know, many people I've been told think this is their best record, Mm. which is really kind of interesting. And if not, if they don't think it's their best record, they think it has some of their best songs. You know, Um, what is that? What is it? You know, this is a band, first LP 99, second LP 01, third LP 05. So it's two-year break, four-year break, nine-year break. Right. And with a record, that? like knowing that it was the end of the line for them, like that was like That's their right. breakup record. That's right. So so how do we how do we quantify that, the long gap records? Pat, you can get in on this. You got some stuff with this, right? <clears throat> well, the uh, uh, long gap is tough because who who am I to tell you how often you're supposed to put out a record? Like, I remember when I was putting out records all the time, uh, having a conversation with Todd Jones, who was just his attitude is it's not it's not coming out until it's it's a hundred it's like done done until I feel right, like it's, yeah. it's a stamp of approval plus two, you know, so, right? Uh, and you know that dude is a is a he's in the lab properly he's a technician so he he yeah so so he is uh you know is he not working because we're not seeing it <laughs> you know what i mean like it's not the same thing right so like wh- what is a how long a break is it before we just got to go oh yeah man you were on the uh yeah you you're know, you're a retired the, musician now right yeah, yeah 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 you were on you were listed with injury you know, <laughs> I uh, are right. So, so uh, I don't really know the answer. Like, here, here's a question: uh, Loma P- Prieta uh, just yep. announced that they're uh, ULP coming on Death Wish very soon. ULP right. coming on Death Wish. Uh, you know, it's funny. I'm sure that my timeline right now is dominated by Twitching Tongues news. I'm sure that there's somebody that is just a tiny bit more screamo than me that uh, their timeline is dominated by, by Loma Prieta news today, right? Uh, mm-hmm. And but how long has it been since the last Loma Prieta record? I mean, this- no, I'm pulling it up right now because it's a great question. Five years, maybe. Uh, 
2005, which puts it at eight years. What? 2005? They did a single, 2015. They did, 2015. Sorry, yeah. sorry. 2015. Oh. They did a, an EP in 2020. Okay. Um, like a single. So, okay. but, but before that, it had been, they did a single in 2015, then the full length. And this will be their first f- proper full length in eight years. Okay. I mean, uh, is it fair to say all three members of this podcast are actually kind of into those long plays of bands where it's like, oh, where does your sound sound go? Like, I think that's one of the interesting things. I don't always like it. I don't always love it, but I am curious about how things change or, or move over time. I mean, I, I, I listen, this stuff is so fascinating to me because I'm about to put out new music and it hasn't been super long, but for self-defense, it has been a long time. And watching these, only in relativity. Yeah. All re- the, truly the only I'm giving in relativity. you. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah. Uh, but watching these bands announce comebacks or, or, you know, return to form, whatever we want to call this is uh, twitching tongues has a lot of hype around it. Uh, now, my question is, is that because their listener is at exactly the right age at this moment to still be engaged and excited and to uh, want this record. It's a reissue, but mm. presumably they're going to be putting out new music. I think there'll be new material. Yeah. So, so is their audience exactly at the right age, right? Cause when this record came out, what a decade ago, is that right? So, uh, man, maybe even a little more. Sheesh. So, you know, if you were 18 then, sorry, everybody, this is stuff that th- this is like really in the weeds shit that kind of like, there's nothing you could do about it. It just is what it is, but it kind of matters if you were to look at it, which is you have at 28 to 35, you have disposable income uh, plus uh, y- you are uh, maybe uh, not you, you maybe do not have uh, the type of you have disposable incomes, but not multiple children. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, so this, ah, is, so this is yes. So this is to say that you can still attend a show. You you're still on the internet looking for new things, and that becomes you're really pre-ordering good. the LP and the shirt. Right, kid number fucking three, and you know, like uh, you have a full time job. Uh, plus you're trying to take care of your kids. Plus you're trying to buy an, buy an investment property, you know what I mean? Or whatever That's the right. fuck it is. There's like a lot of different things to life. And uh, it, 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 so there's a window and is twitching. Is a twitching tongues listener right in that window is a Loma Prieta fan right in that uh, window. The reason I ask, and the reason that it's relevant for, for, for this conversation is because we're going to be talking about some bands who did their best work on the reunion record. However, uh, they were out there past the sell by date for their fans. You, you, you know what I mean? And as a result, sure. As a result, the record does not get the love that it's supposed to. No, I, I think, well, and, and timing on this stuff can matter. Um, and, and, you know, like the love it gets is the right way, but it's not about, it's kind of the attention. Does it get the, does it get the proper due? which a lot of times things can be hard for the band coming back and doing a record. Um, so, I, I mean, we can suss out some of this stuff as we go through because I think there is more. <clears throat> I did want to bring one up before we get started because I don't. I have not listened to this since it came out. Is it okay if I, I start with one that I have a, 
vague sense on. Sure. Have either of you sat with negative approach friends of no one? No. The EP they put no. out in 2010. No. No. So it's got it's got I gotta write the cover and it's got Kiss Me Kill Me, which is an old song that's like on Total Recall and like it's a scratchy old like live track only from back then. But then it's newer tracks um, that they recorded. Now, to my knowledge, Negative Approach hasn't released any other reunion material. My memory of this was that while it wasn't seen as bad, because they were so, because the Negative Approach 7 inch and the Negative Approach 12 inch tied down are so pillars of hardcore monolith iconic. There's no way this EP could have relied, could have held up, like, and it and it didn't. But I, I was just wondering if either of you had heard it because I hadn't, and I think it was creeping in the back of my head because I was like, "Oh, what is that record they did?" I just pulled it up, and I was like, "Oh yeah, I, I don't." Yeah, it's like, one of those like we're we're good with what you gave us. Yeah. Um, and I figured, you know, I don't even know if I've ever listened to that because I mean, 2010 when it came out, right? Was that pre-streaming? Yeah, but, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. So I think so, it was one of those things. It was like I assumed it was just like, hey, here's some like leftover crap. <laughs> I know that didn't and make it, the you know the Total Recall didn't make tied down didn't you know what I mean? It was like yep. if it wasn't on Total Recall, you I figured you probably didn't need it. And that right, that right. had everything. Yeah, yeah, it had unlistenable level screeching live tracks. That's like okay, guess this is what yeah. I get. <laughs> um, I. Uh, I don't know. It's. Uh, I think there's a few things wrong with it. I think the cover is the cover that this Friends of No One EP is also kind of cartoonish. It's like an illustration of Bran, and and it's it's fine. It's it's totally acceptable level design. It just doesn't fit the energy I'd want from a negative approach record. And it's like, what do you mean? What you'd want from a negative approach record? Look at the cover of Tied Down, and I'm like, exactly. It's perfect, and it's like. Yeah, but have you ever really looked at it? Look at the typewriter font, the negative approach. Yeah, is it's kind of like, ass. Yes. Look at this weird photo of someone being tied to a train track from like a 1930s black and white movie. And I'm like, yeah, perfect. It's like, well. Yeah, but that was like pre MacBook. Exactly. Well, and it's like someone had a fucking copy machine. It's charm of being so bad. That's the thing. Yeah. It's not, it's not actually good. And so the problem is the 2010. Single. Um, so anyways, uh, feedback from people. Is that even worthy of our time or does it get filed into a bin of the material people don't talk about? And, you know, you know all th- three of three, all of us love Gorilla Biscuits. Shout out. Uh, me and Tom were stage diving them for them this weekend. No big deal. Yeah, great. <laughs> Going nuts. Um, they did a little reunion single when they did their tour in 2006. They didn't have intention to record new material, to my knowledge. But they were like, hey, this is fun. We like each other. We all are accomplished, capable musicians. One of these songs is a song we had a million years ago. Another one, like, let's just throw something cool, fun together. Cool. Uh, Those songs did not go over well because people were scared that it would kind of dilute Poison the Well, dilute the water of what many people consider an impeccable Gorilla Biscuits discography. 
when's the last time you heard anybody talking about the Gorilla Biscuits self-titled reunion EP from 2006? It doesn't happen that often. Songs are totally fine. Totally good. Like, fine. If it said Civ, we'd all be like, this is pretty good. Yeah. It says Gorilla Biscuits. We're all like, eh. You know, so it's it's kind of just this little, you know, item that's on the shelf that at the moment when it came out, it's almost like people's image of what Grill Biscuits is, was, and always will be could be soiled by that. And yo, we're here with a bunch of records that I think actually add to bands' legacies. Yeah, I mean, these are songs that like I don't know if they ever ended up playing. People were like so big mad about it that like they never played it. It's not on streaming. Those two songs did not make no. streaming. No. And like but that seven inch is worth $95 on, <laughs> on thousand Disney. pressed and uh, they were selling them they only sold only X a amount handful of day, right? at a show. Yep. 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 Um, yeah. 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 I, I could tell stories about that record. It was interesting. Um, anyways, um, one last, one last one before we get into the actual uh, meat of the meat of the topic here. Um, breakdown. They they Fuck. weren't a band from jump. They they broke up for a while in the early nineties. They weren't around, but really they did the demo demos, both demos, and then some comp tracks, and that was it in the eighties. But then come back in ninety seven and ninety eight with blacklisted and plus minus. If you like breakdown and haven't given those two records a shot, I'm begging you to. Those are great. I still you like know what's those funny. They're so good. Yeah. Oh, they're both records are fucking fantastic. But I think um, they're one of the weirdest bands going because there are definitely 87 demo fans. Yes. That don't fuck with the latter day, quote unquote, 26 years ago records. <laughs> yes, correct. 100%. And there's the Jean breakdown fans. Yeah. That don't give a fuck about the demo. Which is crazy because the demo's so good. Like fuck. It's, I but, mean, yeah. they're both. You know what I mean? They're t- but both I mean, really in reality, good. if you listen to those bands, they're completely different. Those records yeah. are. Those, they the are different. Demo compared to, yeah. Well, because Dijon. Yeah. The, the, so what happens is what I want to have happen. The spirit and energy is still there, but it's like, what would this band sound like ten years later, with with a slightly advanced skill set? Right. Like. These songs, for the most part, aren't necessarily like, like I don't, if I listen to Plus Minus, it sounds more like the 87 demo to me than it sounds like Crown of Thorns, but it doesn't, oh, yeah, it's, yeah. You're, you're totally right. You're not, it's not, like 87 demo is caveman music. Uh, plus Minus is, uh, you just cut off a plumber and now he's coming at you with the heavy wrench music. You know what I mean? Like, like this is this is ten years later. This is this is advanced. But like, I think there's tracks on plus minus that people don't talk about this record. And like, you get good versions of some of those classic songs too. So, uh, I I just uh, I, I I left that off of our pre-talk. But I also think it was funny because I guess they did break up for some time in the early '90s, so it would qualify. I think this totally qualifies. Yeah, yeah. I mean, even though I think the Eyeball Records era breakdown is a completely different band other than Jeff. That's right, right. It's a totally different lineup. But, like, isn't the 
So there's Breakdown Demo 87, and then there's an 89 demo. And I think the 89 demo has a pretty significant difference in lineup as well, too. So Right, because the 87 demo became Raw Deal. Exactly. So, yeah, and then right. 89. Yes, right. exactly right. Yep. The 89 demo is, <laughs> yeah, Larry Love, Mark Sisto, Rob DeFrosia, Richard Keenan. And I'm trying to see what else these guys, these fellows did. How great are these names, by Mark the way? Mark Sisto was in, like, Sub-Zero. Yeah, well, oh, see, that's thank you. There we go. Um, I did not. Oh, Rob DeFrogio was in Lethal Aggression. Hell yeah. Oh. Johnny um, Stiff engineered the Breakdown 87 demo. Did not know that. Oh my God. How cool is that? Fuck. All right. Um, Tom, take us away. Take us on a, a path here because we're going to get into a lot. All right. So the first thing, whenever I think of Reunion Records, the first one that pops in my head and um, I'm going to have some pushback from um, the southern below the equator uh, <laughs> faction of the, of the of the program. Mm-hmm. Um, the sentence "Everything sucks." So they're a band that broke up in the '80s. Yeah, Late N- 80s. you know they become all. Yep. You know, all has some has some moments has some you know had a record on a major label. How many you, hit? I how mean, many miss? You know, I mean, quite honestly, I and this is this is sacrilege, and only our friend Andy Scarpula will agree with me. Mm. All missed a lot less than Descendants do. Ooh, interesting. Um, ooh. Those Chad Price records are better than, well, as good so as I'm. Any I'm, I'm a I'm a I'm a dude who came in and Descendants at all and like their weird like flirtations with new wave and uh and uh, like synthy material and they're like oh yeah we also like uh the b-side of of slip it in you know like i'm i'm not saying they like the b-side of my war i'm saying they like the b-side of slip it in um and i will tom i largely agree i think i think all has misses but i also think they have a lot of hits and to be quite frank, if you like the Descendants and you don't like all, you're 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 really missing out. <laughs> yeah, you really need to give them a shot. All the records are now on Spotify. Like yeah. all Pummel is like a great record. Mass Nerder, great record. But so Descendants kind of go away. Um, in my experience, I remember um, the bass player from Indecision owned a skate shop, and like they'd get all like the skate magazines and stuff. And one day we were like flipping through, and this is. 96 at some point like 96 i think it was and like we're flipping through and you see the fucking milo thing in an ad we're like what the fuck is this right like never thinking you'd ever this is like before every band in the world got back together yeah so we're like yo what the fuck is this and it's like everything sucks you know ep you know lp cd and tape on epitaph records whatever something 1996 we're like what the like had no idea it was coming and then the record comes out and like in my, in my opinion, I'm probably uh, again in the minority. I think this is my favorite Descendants record. I, I think it's perfect. I think there's a lot of people who share that opinion. I think there's a lot of people who really love this record. Like, uh, <laughs> oh, as a sidebar, we're gonna do an episode and maybe a series of episodes called "Hash It Out," where we're gonna take topics like the Descendants and really just tear it up and decide if we think it's good, bad, indifferent, like the whole thing. And lit because especially we have a few different perspectives here, especially with, with captain K over there. Um, it's a wrong one and the right one, but I mean, (laughs) what is the most popular descent? 
Patrick, do you know what would you say is the third party? What is the most popular Descendants record? Is Milo goes to college a record? Yeah, that's the no, one. No. I think it's. I think it's. I think it's Milo goes to college and everything sucks. If I, oh, if yeah, you ask yeah, me, yeah. I think it's those two. But I think it's Milo goes to college because it's the iconic. It's the first one. Ba ba ba. Um, <laughs> I is it called slipping it slipping in? I don't know. Whatever the fuck. <laughs> I mean, I really have no. I can't even engage in this Descendants talk. <laughs> have a, rec- a record called Repeater? I don't know. Whatever, I, man. It's I cool. mean, I just can't pretend. I don't know. It's, no, I like I like the energy of it. Um, I am a Descendants. Fuck, Descendants all is my favorite Descendants record. I then like. I don't want to grow up. I then like enjoy. Oof. I know, dude. I, I I like the weird. I like, hate weird descendants. I don't like. I don't like. Like, I don't like so they play. You know, my van. No, my no, van. no, 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 no. I don't like that stuff. I don't like goofy descendants. What I like is, um, got the time. Eighties girl, cheer, green, days are blood. Green and days are blood are their ode to weird, uh, black flag Fair. like dirges. Um, yes, and it would maybe be objectively bad if I didn't have a weird appreciation for. It. But like, enjoy if you take out the stoop stuff. Um, the track enjoy stupid. Then they do uh, Beach Boys cover of Wendy, good. Um, Hurt and Crew, kids, kids, yeah. sour grapes, <laughs> great. Get the time, the great. Intel, yeah, yep. Intel. Cheer, good Cheer, song. Eighties yeah. girl, eighties oh, girl, like eighties girl is I think. The only Descendants song where I'd like, I would encourage Pat to listen to 80s Girl and maybe three other songs and see if he could at least appreciate their what they're doing in that form. Like, I guess 80s Girl, maybe Coolidge, because I the drum sound on Coolidge is what pulls me in. Like, it's just got the, they're doing something odd and angular on this. Anyways, this is about reunion records. This is the end of the Descendants period. I think there's more people who love Everything Sucks than Lit On. Um, it never stuck with me, Tom, even though this is the record everyone really? loved. I know half the songs just because everybody I knew growing up loved it. Loved it. You know, like, all right, uh, what songs don't I know on this record? Like, f- first blush looking at it, I don't remember Rotting Out or Sicko Me. Oh, uh, the next! Yeah. I, I know oh. the next like six songs. I know all these songs. I know all these songs. Um, you know, sick. Uh, that's how it's gonna be when if you don't get sick of me and oh, rotting out, like rotting out from the inside, rotting oh. out. Yeah. yeah I, all right. So I know all those songs. Um, here's my question: because they release everything sucks, and then it's another eight years. So they put out the record "Cool to Be You." How do you do? You, do you have any th- feelings on post "Everything Sucks" Descendants? "Cool to Be You." I think when it came out, it was kind of like, ah, uh, all right. It wasn't. Right. I wasn't stoked on it. Yeah, right. And then the hyp- hyper caffeine ha- word that we are not allowed to say anymore that yeah. they got in trouble for using. Oh, that record. Yeah. Ooh, okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, I got it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So they, ha- I mean, both of those records, the 2004 and then the 2016 record. Right. Um, so the 12 years before the, between those. So it went from 96 to 2004 to 2016. 
Right. Um, there's probably a 60% great record and there's some crap. Right. And then, yeah. I don't know, Bob, were you ever familiar, like the Live Plus One record? Did you ever get that? Yeah. So I did. they put out a record that it was two, it was a live descendant set and a live all set. Yeah. It's good. And it's awesome. Yeah, it's good. Really good. Um, I continue to have mixed feelings about the descendants as I get older. And I think, Tom, you're in probably a similar space where it's like, if I spend too much time thinking about the lyrical content of this, I'm like, ah, shit. Like, ah, shit. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they have some fucking doozies that they stop yeah. playing and they stop singing. Yeah. But I also think, like, <laughs> they wrote, like, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, Pat, like, Pat's heartbroken, like, oh, Pat, it now. Yeah. Yeah. If Pat knew some of the stuff that they said, you wouldn't be stoked on it. <laughs> but, like, I would hope not, at least. If you're my friend, oh, you shouldn't no. be stoked on it. Um, but I think they also have, you know, what what a fucking nineteen year old feels like heartbreak is. Right, right, right. And, and the and melodies are great. Like you can like even bypass. Oh, you know, if you just Bill go into writing music. a shitty song about a breakup, doesn't make him a bad person. <laughs> no, and I, I thought that Milo joins the clan was ironic. <laughs> well, you know, it was the nineties. You know, it's times time. where things were. It was a different time. People were just joining the clan, kind of innocuously at that time. Um, this is the dark period of the Descendants. Of Milo. <laughs> they don't talk about Milo joins the clan. Uh, if someone out there doesn't draw the Milo joins the clan cover for us, I'm going to be disappointed. Um, Listen, everybody. You can just send it to us privately. We will not share your name unless you want us to. Yeah, and also. Yeah. And I don't know if we should post that on the. No, on any no we will not. We will not post it on socials. It's purely for Steven, our, our. Stephen Egerton, incredibly sweet man, the guitar player in the Descendants, right. and Bill Stevenson's done some shit. He deserves the respect of not us. Totally, his, totally does. Out of his singer, his fucking <laughs> doctoral fucking genius singer no. who lives in Delaware. He's a Phillies fan, and he lives in Delaware. And we're going to call him out for being a fucking. He's not. No, that's not that Milo. The Milo, the com, the character, just the one on the record covers, the yeah, little stick yeah, guy. Yeah. yeah, stick guy. He oh, joined, it's like yeah, he the joined the clan. Yeah. Be a character. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So everybody, we've talked about it. Uh, the Descendants uh, just have some like kind of like sad boy, broken heart energy that occasionally teeters into uh, bitter boy energy, and bitter boy energy just sounds very like. It, it reads different in 2023. Um, and that's all it is. Uh, everybody in the band, I've never heard anything but good things about them. They never joined the clan to my knowledge. No, not to <laughs> our knowledge. No, no, no. Um, there's, yeah. Anyways, um, there's some, honestly, there's some really good all songs too. Um, I think it's a, it's an undeniable, like if you like the descendants at this point, everything sucks is definitive. One of the records. So like yeah. it is, the tent post of this conversation, in my opinion, and like we shouldn't start somewhere else than that. So, thank you. That so, here's a question problem. for you, Bob. Yes, sir. Here's a twist mm. Can we actually consider Everything Sucks a return, like a reunion record or a comeback record when for the entire time between the descendants breaking up and <laughs> coming back, yeah. all who were literally this version of the descendants band. with a different singer? We're doing records all the time. Yes, because the band self, the band consciously made the split, right? Sure, that's fair. Um, even though that's why they, it was good. I, I mean, honestly, I I respect the energy of that. Like, like on a lot of levels, the Descendants, like the the players in that band. So what is it? It's uh, 
It's uh, Bill, Carl, Alvarez Carl Stephen Egerton, and uh, Bill Stevenson. Unbelievable. Like, we're turning out records from 82 into the mid-90s just until till everything sucks. And then even beyond everything sucks, I think everything sucks and mass nerder. Do you know the story about this? I'm pretty sure the way it worked was they Didn't went they have in, like a draft? Yeah, they basically went in and, and wrote a ton of songs and then they got to, you know, the singers picked which songs they wanted. Like the I heard Milo got first, first pick. I'm pretty sure he did. Um, so yeah, then, Chad then, Price got, yeah. Yeah, got got second string. And they sing on both that records. Is really crazy. I, I love that. If that's true, that's like Dude, they came in with like forty songs, yeah. and then everyone picked, and then like Milo sings backups on all the all songs, and yep. then Chad Price sings backups on all the Descendants songs. Yo, yeah, they're they're it's awesome. a true true plural marriage. I was gonna say blended family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, and and I fond memory seeing all play uh, Philly at the Troc probably 2000 maybe 99 i don't know and then milo came at, out at the end and did three songs with him he was side stage watching them play the whole time you know like it's like good energy between them um so yeah no there's there's some definite energy there and i i think it does count as reunion record because there was that break they decided hey we're not the descendants we're all we're doing this Milo was off doing whatever, and then he came back. So, you know, we're not, we can't confirm what he was or was not doing, but <laughs> he was not in the band between that time frame, and then he was back. He so was in college for a long time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Whole, yeah. Somewhere in the, uh, the flyover states, some cornfields kind of thing. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. <laughs> Just joking. All right. What's another one, Tom? Give us another one. Um, I'm trying to think. All right, so let's do something that all of three can, can talk about. Pat won't get sour. I'm not. Um, <laughs> so I'm not sour. You're like, this it sucks. <laughs> yeah, Ari Katz joins the fucking whatever. Like everything um, sucks. Like, yeah, damn straight. Yeah, and that, what a great name for it. You sound like a <laughs> yeah, fucking like a music. It's a perfect name for this piece of shit record. Pitchfork 1.2. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm gonna get. I'm. Let's go one 108 new beat from a dead heart. Okay. Uh, you want to hear something crazy? Uh, Let's hear it. I hate this record. Uh, no, no, no. Uh, I thought this record w- was good, though kind of um, uh, w- my criticism at the time was that it felt run through the filter of th- of their the bands that influenced that that the bands they influenced, right? Right. right. Something we've talked about a little bit. Right. So, uh, 108, an obvious influence on HopeCon. Uh, maybe this feels at times to HopeCon. You know what I mean? St- st- criticisms like that. But here's here's the, that was my criticism at the time. Here's what kind of ruined the record for me. I never, I normally never let some fool's opinion get in my head. But I was talking mm. to a really like one of the guitarists of of one of hardcore's guitarists, right? Like one of the guys that's that uh, mm, ca- mm, kind yeah. of shame them. 
It, shame them. <laughs> shame them. Shame. But shame. shame them. If it's not Vic DeCara. But, but here's yeah. the thing. This dude has played on two uh, all time. Like it's, right. uh, one of which is uh, iconic on a level that is, uh, you know. Right. Like, so you're talking to Brian Baker about 108. Continue. And and he just said. So your poor cell is sitting at Bombers with you. I'm like, hey, man. <laughs> you know, I think this record sucks, man. No, this. And this was a contemporary in some ways. And he just sure. said. And sure. he just said. He just had a long career. But he just said. Uh, oh, yeah. No, sucks. And I said, what do you mean it sucks? It's definitely a good comeback record. And he said, uninspired plane. Uh, Whoa. He said, it's not, it's not the Vic that I want. I want the Vic that is like unrestrained and uh, really going for it on each song. And I feel that we got the reined in. I guess he was essentially saying we got the hardcore Vic and I wanted the nutball mm-hmm. Vic. And uh, it, I thought, it, honestly, the criticism has wounded me because now when I go back to this record, every time I go, this is a little, it is a little restrained, isn't it? Uh, <laughs> I want, I mean, here's the thing I'll say. <clears throat> One, I think it's not fair to call it restrained because I, I do, I think there's a, like, <clears throat> I think this record's fierce and it comes out with a lot of energy. I think that the first three 108 full lengths are sort of defined by how fucking weird they are and the weird production choices. Uh, Threefold Misery clearly is their best sounding LP of their original area. It's not even, it's not, it's not really a question or conversation, but it was, it's still kind of from a time, uh, you know, I don't know if it's 95 or 96 when that's recorded, whatever, that there's, there's some quirks in the recording. Like if you listen to that, it's not some flawless recording. Whereas I will say the production on New Beat is clean. That it's it's 2006 clean. It's it's good. And I often think about it like do you lose something? Do you lose something when guitar production and sound production just by what we have in our hands is at such a level that some of the weird quirks and and oddities that happen from someone's playing get lost there or not lost, but sort of just said, eh, those are muted because we're good enough that we don't need to have you doing the weird shit. You know, um, I don't know that they wrote to it being like that, but I give this record a lot of credit because it doesn't feel. And, and I give them credit for w- when they came out with it, they felt vibrant and active and the record felt vibrant and active to the audience, in my opinion, at that moment. Like, it didn't feel like a, oh, who's this old Dusty band? It was like, oh, the new 108 record. Oh, shit, this rips. This is good, you know? Um, and I, I don't know what the expectation would have been. Like, it's... I think it has as much more teeth than Holy Name or Songs of Separation. And I like those records more, but this is a more ferocious record. That's interesting. I, I actually came to really like the record that they did after this, which is kind of just a creative dalliance that, that 1862. uh, Is that it? Yeah. Something like that. 1861. 61. Thank you. It, uh, I don't really like that record. No, it's well. It's all over the place. I think it's too weird. It, yeah, it's it's pretty weird, <laughs> but it. Uh, I like it because it is them 
in a studio fucking around in a way that I think that, okay, these are creative people. So they talk to your boy this. and they're like, they, they talk <laughs> they to your boy. Talk, they're like, they I want weird Vic. And he was like, say no more, fam. I'm going to write this record that like we'll never play a song from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Tom, how, where are you at on this, especially when it came out? Like uh, you were a big 108 fan. Were you excited or were you nervous? Like not not a diss, but like were you like, uh-oh, I'm not sure if this is going to be great or something else. I mean, you know what? Like I, it was weird. Like then I didn't really have any expectations on any band. Sure. Like I, it's weird. I, I just I don't remember ever being like, "Fuck!" I hope this record doesn't suck. Like when Lifetime was coming out, I was like, "Oh man!" I hope because to me it would be like, "All right, then I, I I just won't listen to it." But I still have those other three records. Like yeah, that's fine. Totally right. Totally it's right. not like it's not like you know one hundred not going to put this record out and be like, "Well, I hope you liked fucking Holy Name because you're never going to hear it again because we're only playing <laughs> fucking Angel Strike Man." Like they're right. not you two. You know no. what I'm saying? Like you two will be like, "Well, fuck you guys. You're playing. You're hearing nine of the new songs." I don't give a shit. You don't want to hear them. That's what you get. And then we'll play fucking where the streets have no name at the end. <laughs> You're still going to hear the same shit. Say, you know, it just yeah, adds a couple totally. of songs. But listen to this record. I believe, and I, I do this all the time, but I feel like they put out an EP of sorts before this. Yes, they did. But it, I it would have, and it had like, I think it had 300 liars and it had, I think it had Angel Strike Man on it. It did have Angel Strike Man. It was a weird sort of self-released little EP. Right. It felt like it was like someone burned it for them on like their CD pl- on like I have it like somewhere. I have it somewhere. So do I. I find it. Yeah. But um yeah, I thought this record came out. I think the songs fit in perfectly um with the rest of their catalog and I thought this was like a I mean, I they mo- I think they recorded uh recorded uh Threefold Misery in like 95. Yeah, this is right. So this is literally like limited, like at least eleven or twelve years difference. Yep, yep. And I think playing along like with the Descendant stuff, like that conversation, I think all of these, for the most part, these dudes were in other things or were like playing with other people. Yeah, no, that's not you wrong, know, like, right? Like Rob so, the Judas Factor, Rob, you know, Judas Factor was around for a while. Yep, did several records, you know, sure. Right, and he was around. You know, he was around music for a long time. Vic was doing stuff or playing with. You know, he played with Burn for a long time, or maybe not a long time, but for a bit. Um, you know, and then he like, and then they started playing shows again. They came back around. I was just talking about this with our buddy Daniel from Vancouver. Like the 108 reunion was supposed to be Hellfest 05. That's right. That's I attended. When it all fell apart. The Philly, the Philly makeup show or whatever it was. Oh, you went to that. That's cool. Yeah. With Lifetime, Pat? Uh, I guess so. I didn't watch Lifetime. I just remember uh, uh, Clint Kanopka and I looking at each other across the pit when 108 started and just being like, oh. Because you don't – like for people that don't – some of our younger listeners – People that don't mosh. Well, some of our younger listeners and also uh, listeners who are um, uh, kind of uh, uh, – this is not – at all in their lane, right? Like, let's say that 108 just missed you for whatever reason. You really can't comprehend that, like, this this is a band that was never massive, but the people that really love this band, it it makes a real space in your life. Like, this is an important band yes. for people, for just this narrow thread of human beings. This is an important band. <laughs> And to see, right. right, and I think there's very few bands that evoke this, like, you know, people mosh for bands and whatever else, and everyone gets fucking crazy, blah, blah, blah. But, like, 
108, American Nightmare. There's certain bands that it's like, I'm going to try to kill myself right now by diving off of this, or I'm going to hit like my best friend as hard as we possible because like I am overtaken by the power of the music. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's just, but I think there's not a lot like that. I think a lot of it's posing, but yeah. those bands like just had these, it would elicit such a fucking, it, you're just like, God damn it, man. Like I just can't, ha- I can't handle myself. Yes. I want to pose that I, Hey, I'm willing to bet. I would actually bet money on this that at least one member of both 108 and Lifetime would tell you if Hellfest 2005 had happened as it was and all that, there's a significantly smaller chance that either band does the Rook Union records that they ended up doing because the small shows they did were so, so vivid and so lively and such a like, awesome little moment that it, it kind of like obviously something rekindled for these fellas just playing music again together. So I'm not saying there's no chance if they played the whatever, you know, Toyota uh, arena in Trenton, New Jersey, that it wouldn't have been like, man, that was cool. <laughs> let's uh, let's do that again. But I think playing a show at the church in Philly, I think they did some basement show in New Brunswick. Um, I think there was a couple, maybe one other really small show. I think both bands would point and say, yeah, that was super fun. And we all had such a good time that it was kind of like, yeah, why don't we, why aren't we doing this? Like, what? And, and I mean, credit to them. And I mean, we'll use this to jump into Lifetime too in a minute, but like sticking with 108, credit to them. They kind of, they came back played those shows, did a few, did some other shows, played around for a little bit, did new beat this record, which I mean, on, okay, this is a question for both of you. It's 2023. If we're telling a 20 year old in 2023, Hey, check out one Oh eight. I think all three of us are agreeing. We give them threefold misery, right? Probably. I might say this would be the next as an intro, I, I and I say this as someone who prefers Holy Name and Songs of Separation still, but on a sonic level, I think they could dig into this record harder. And then if you're if you're game for threefold, and then you're like, oh, new beat, I like this too. Then I'm like, okay, now let me give you the old stuff. Yeah, um, right. But that's that's I, I don't I think this is this is a canonical. I haven't revisited 1861 since it came out. I tried. Yeah. Didn't didn't land for you. They play a couple songs off that record. Ashes, blood. It's but for the most part, it's not what I wanted. It felt very as weird as it sounded. It it kind of felt thrown together. It was interesting. I mean, oh right, they talk about it, right? They 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 wrote and recorded it in like a very short amount of time. So it was. uh, I think it was supposed to be an EP that they just kept writing when they were in the studio. So a a lot of these are are not throwaway songs, but they're first drafts. You know, like these are not what they would do otherwise. So it's got uh, it. So maybe it would be a six seven inch, but yeah. And I'm I'm a sucker for that. I love the um, where weird first drafts take you. Yeah. all in for that kind of energy. So uh, shout out. And it will. So what I was saying was I, I give respect to 108 because they sort of just, I, I don't when they've played some shows in the not too distant past. I want to say like, when's the last time 108 played? 
2019, they played uh, Brooklyn Bazaar, sold it out like like immediately. <laughs> right. They, think, that's right. Did they do the first two records? Was that the anniversary or something? I think sort? it was something like that. I was thinking. I think and then before that, that, they played Vitus, where they did uh, them and Blacklisted. They did uh, first show, like the afternoon show was, I think, was the afternoon show um, Holy Name and, and, and uh, what do we call it? And songs, songs. And then the second half was threefold and the rest of the discography. Okay. That makes sense. Yep. 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 So, yeah, that's right. Cause they did some shows around the time EVR did a discography for them too. But I, I, I want to wait. Came, put out a new record, did just a touch of touring, nothing crazy. And then just kind of were like, okay, cool. That was cool. See you. Smell you later. You know what I mean? Like just, that was it. So, um, yeah, I, I think this record definitely deserves some attention. So jumping off Hellfest 2005, let's talk Lifetime Self-Titled, Tom. Yes, I feel like, hey, look, this is my, uh, this is my, this is my time to shine. Solo, <laughs> here's my solo. Um, no, I love this record. Love it. No, it's fucking fantastic. And I think, again, like you were saying, like they don't, I mean, let's fucking call fucking, let's be honest. They don't get the fucking big bucks offer Yep. to play you know, fucking Hellfest 2005, 2005, the ill Yep. We probably never get this record. Yeah. So, so to give some, uh, full stop, like not even like, no, it worked out better because they got to play smaller shows and they decided they loved it. I don't think these dudes are even talking about lifetime without that nudge. It's, it's a, it's a great, great, I don't, uh, undeniable. I think undeniable. Um, Background for people who maybe aren't aware. Hellfest, as no we discussed ever. last week, <laughs> as we discussed Sorry. last week, um, big fest, leaning into the more metalcore side of things and then evolving. And by the time it was 2005, like, what are some words you could use to describe it? Giant. It was really big. Bloated. Thank you. That's the exact word Outside I was thinking of, of. Not hardcore. Yeah. And they, they were reaching... Uh, Patrick, do you have any words you'd describe the Hellfest 2005 lineup with? 2005? It's not the one we did. We did 2002, right? No, but this is like Public Enemy. It was Fear Factory. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It It was at an arena in Trenton. A literal arena. Yes. Yes. And Uh, it Wow, I'd have to look at that lineup. It didn't happen. So just just a, a quick thing. I think it was like two or three weeks before no, I Maybe remember. Not even. I remember. I think I was supposed to go. Let's see. <clears throat> um, yeah, it did not happen. And oh my god, I'm looking at. Wow, this is a lot of fucking Hellfest. Read the lineup. You rarely do this. Give us. Give us. Do you have a 2005 Hellfest? Yeah, I do. Lineup I do. Uh, Please. Okay, so there was a eulogy recordings uh, stage. Uh, there was a hot topic stage. Um, and there was a PETA two stage. The PETA two stage did have acts like Converge on it, but also. Uh, chimera and uh, the main stage had all that remains architect, which I don't even know what the fuck that is. Um, and uh, let's see, sick of it all. So, okay. Uh, but then let's see against me. was on this uh, oh, Nora on the main stage. Ah! <laughs> Patrick's having a breakdown. <laughs> <Yo>. uh, <laughs> all right. Okay. Um, All right. There was a good fellow slash Abacus recording stage. That's how how is this Abacus so- had that Century Media money, baby? Yes, that's right. So so Public Enemy, Youth of Today, Bold, 
Anti-Flag, Bouncing Souls, Boy Sets Fire, H2O, Hatebreed, Misfits, Madball, uh, Northside Kings, uh, Pig Destroyer, Planes Mistaken for Stars, like Wilhelm Scream, Acacia Strain, very early. Wow, this is a crazy list of bands. Uh, Betrayed was going to play, Blacklisted. Oh, Jesus Christ. Casualties, Champion, The Chariot, Coalesce, like Comeback Kid. Like, this is the alphabetical. Do yourself a favor and look up the lineup. It's insane. It got pulled. Tom, what's the official reason? Do you remember what the official reason given for Hellfest 2005 being canceled? You know what? I, I this believe, was like in my, yeah, I think it was a money thing. Well, so I, the official I, I, reason was something to do with the venue and insurance. Yes, and- but okay. So, so the, the the official reason was they fucked us. The unofficial reason was was we we, we didn't we didn't yeah we fucked ourselves. <laughs> we didn't procure we we, we insurance. didn't procure insurance. But but I also want to say this: uh, having some behind the scenes of what some of the offers were. To many of the acts, many of the acts who said no said no to money that I was like at the time I could not believe. Mm. Like would be big in 2023. In 2005, it was unheard of money, and uh, you know, not telling tales out of school, but from what I remember, there was also murmuring that maybe they had built a house that uh, was uh. uh concrete on matchsticks um that the uh sales weren't dollars and cents weren't adding up we'll Mm -hmm. say um so so they alerted this it was honestly it it was like one of those banking crises where it started leaking out like oh hellfest might be canceled etc etc i then spent an entire day on the phone with some airline getting uh the flights that we purchase for shy halud refunded <laughs> because because we were early in the process we're like oh shit we were able we did we were going to fly out i think rev was going to have a table and do the whole thing but we were able to like oh whoa saved by the bell kind of thing um was and, this the original fire fest <laughs> i mean i mean it's, it's part of a long legacy <laughs> You know what? It saved from not being Firefest. Had it happened, it would have been a weird grim scene with like a sparse, like not empty. But when you're in an arena, it's not a giant arena. I don't know how big that arena is. But if it was that arena, yeah, if it was, if it's half full, an 8,000 person venue with 4,000 people feels shitty. And if it's an 8,000 person venue and there's, 3,000 people, it feels really shitty. You know what I mean? Yeah, because they're not all going to be on the floor. Correct. So so anyways, that's the Hellfest 2005 background. Um, The bands then were left scrambling. Many of them like, oh shit, we're like already in the area. What are we supposed to do? Let some really cool stuff. Yeah, right. Like, let some really cool stuff as as discussed. Um, And eventually gave us some good records, including the Lifetime self-titled record. Tom, uh, can I can I ask you a few questions about this record? Happy to, yes. Okay. Is this your favorite Lifetime record? It's not. I'm, I'm a Jersey's best dancer guy. Right. But is it potentially your second or third second? favorite? Yeah. Easily. Yeah, it's definitely. It, it, 
it's it's up there with Jersey's best answers or right. Hello uh, Masters, definitely. Yeah, right. So you right? I mean, yeah, no, no. I mean, yeah, like I'm I'm a uh, 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 Jersey's best answers. Then I think then this record. Time? No, no, I like the um, the uh, the seven inch. The I say Busolet seven inch. So like yeah. t- the tonight is seven inch is what it's called. Yeah, because yeah. it's just got like one unbelievable. Like I think it's where they thread the line of weird post discord rev summer meets popular elements. Like it's the perfection of a nineties, like nineties indie hardcore show energy where people were in big pants, but they don't want any new age moshers show. And it's the only song I think that does the sound right. And it's kind of crazy. Um, but no, I'm I'm Jersey's Best Dancers. Then I think this record, and then Hello Bastards, even though Hello Bastards has some true tracks, I think this record's better front to back. Um, is this Lifetime's fastest record? It could be, actually, yeah. Probably. I think it is. And that's not that's not nothing because Jersey's Best Dancers picks the pace. Like that's a fast going at it record. Um this might be their catchiest record. What do you think? Like, I think it has it has earworms for days. And like, if I like, I have nostalgia for Jersey's Best Dancers. I've had it longer. I think it has. I think that okay. Statement: You give me a true or false. Lifetime self-titled the reunion record is their most accessible record. True or false? True. 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 So, um, it's also. I mean, to speak about it, it's like it was released released. For all intents and purposes, on a major label, right? Fu- uh, Fuel by so Robin, right? Yeah, and, and decadence or decadence, whatever, yeah. which is Pete, <laughs> Pete Wentz's label from Lifetime. It's peak also, of boy. Yes, punk. I mean, this is like the punkest thing ever. I don't know. So they have. There's a. So I think it's haircuts and t-shirts. Yep. And there's a line where he goes, "Punk rock millionaires with coke up their nose. They're writing records and designer homes." Right. <laughs> so it's like literally him shitting on Pete Wentz who put the fucking record out. Are we sure that Pete Wentz was doing Coke? I don't I'm not making any I just allegations. Oh, right. I just don't story. get that vibe from Ash- Ashley Simpson. <laughs> I'm was that, well, she was on something when she was that doing was, the Irish jig on Saturday Night Live. Dude, have you seen that? I saw that last week. I haven't brutal. seen it. It's in, so brutal. Do you do you know what we're talking about, Patrick? Of course. I, I don't like to see stuff like that because like yeah, you know that's that so hard to watch. There's certain countries that are European countries that are pushing for a uh, right to be forgotten. Uh, oh yeah, laws. yeah, yeah. And, and uh, uh, that's one of them. That's that's. Uh, Would you explain what happened to people who are under the age of 35? Sure. So Ashley Simpson was a pop figure, kind of manufactured, you know, pop pop princess sort of thing at that time. Had tracks, by the way. Uh, yeah, that song that, that gets played twice is really good. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, Monday. She had a technical. Yeah, I'm the la la guy. So she had a technical difficulty during a performance on Saturday Night Live, and uh, basically, the vocal track skipped. Uh, she was yeah. lip syncing, and yes, uh, caught out there in a way that is undeniable. And uh, you can't do anything. So uh, she did what we'd all do, which is uh, a weird little jig. <laughs> and and uh, she did a little dance, uh, like a little 
kind of like yeah. a leprechaun slash river dance sort of uh, confusion about like it what definitely we- made you question if she knew how to dance or had any sense of rhythm is sure. really bad sure yeah. it, was, it was wedding style and uh you know people clowned on her for a long long time i think it's a little unfair she blamed it on acid reflux by the way oh shit is that true yeah, because she said that she had backing tracks because she was having acid reflux and was having trouble with her voice. But the problem was it didn't skip. That was that was fucking uh, Millie Vanilli skipped because it was like, girl, you know, it's girl, you know, it's girl. You Hers. So they played Just two songs on Saturday Night Live. Right? Yeah. No, they played the same song twice. Oh. So and the so band, the second band. time around, they played the same track from the first one. I could see and myself being the assistant that that was responsible for the button. So I I am very sympathetic to everybody. We do thing. need a like uh, a like thirty for thirty level like deep dive on what happened, all the people involved, like where are they now? The backing band just kept playing because she does the jig, dances kind of for a minute, and then just like slinks off stage and you can like you can tell she's like well my career's over yeah that's and by the way she was right she said that Um, was live it was was a wrap that was it it was done um and the band just keeps playing and there's these shots of the guitar players looking at each other like meh what are we doing we're still getting paid tonight all right let's do this oh uh, so right, it's like the Flintstones, the thing that it's a it's a it's a living, <laughs> like the just, fucking. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, so she was twenty years old at that time, and there's two oh, ways to look man. at this. There, there's two perspectives. You could either say, "Come on, she's twenty years old. Uh, she had like somewhat of a gilded existence before this. Uh, it, you know, it, it's let's have some sympathy because that's obviously got to be very rough to be the." Uh, uh, you know, it'd be the target of everybody's uh, derision and, and you're just mocked in the public forum for a long time. That's one lens. Another lens would be that at the same age, uh, my grandfather had been uh, to, to uh, the Pacific theater and shot at. So, 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 <laughs> right. So there's two, there's two lenses from which would you, you rather have gone to the Pacific theater, WW2, or had what happened to Ashley Simpson on Saturday Night Live in 2004. You know what? It's, I could. I ah, uh, see you. It was not a quick answer. Well, it's just one. You are anonymous, but you might die on a on a on a beach somewhere for like a, a literal sand hill. Uh, and then, <laughs> and then the other one is you are still going to be wealthy at the end of this. But you have to deal with – I mean it's not easy for anybody – look, like a lot of our listeners are, are – I'm like the most minor public figure, right? I get in trouble every couple of years. I say something that pisses people off and like you know, 20 people call me a douche and then 40 people uh, uh, DM each other about it. But like imagine if you are just uh, a proper figure. You are playing Saturday Night Live at a time where Saturday Night Live, somebody still watched it. And you are the next day. You just know that there's no getting out of this. And maybe you don't have the best sense of humor about yourself. Not everybody can, can lean into a joke. That's like its own gift in life to be able to lean into a joke about yourself. It's not easy. And 
I don't know. I, I, I ultimately I would not want to be shot in the spleen in in uh, you know some hill in in like the, the Philippines yeah. or whatever. Sure, but, sure. But it is uh, you know it's uh, I had to think about it. No, I I don't want to die in Southeast Asia either. Yeah, that's true. Uh, by the way, she got to keep the money. Well, you she guys did keep the money. She had a pretty successful life uh, during the closing of the show. Simpson appeared with the guest host Jude Law. Okay, Jude Law. Love Jude. Said, very over the time. Yeah, I feel so bad. My band started playing the wrong song, and I didn't know what to do. So I thought I'd do a hoe down. Yeah. Listen, what were you going to say while we were talking about Ashley Simpson? Oh, what? No. While you guys were talking about Pete Wentz, I was watching uh, Machine Head cover Hard Times at uh, Dynamo Festival 1995 <laughs> because that's how little I have. Is this to- what you do when we're, we're trying to work with you? Listen, I have nothing to say about uh, – nothing to say about You got lifetime. nothing on Lifetime? I like the Lifetime record w- with uh, the black and white uh, cover, whatever the fuck that is. Um, uh, I like – I do not. He likes new, you like New Age Lifetime, yeah. I like New Age Lifetime, and I like one song off of whatever the one uh, about uh, uh, green covers. Yeah, I think it's the green cover. What's the one about? Sing the, the lyrics. I know no, you know the lyrics. No, what is no, it? no. Is oh the Jim God, neutral territory? Jim is neutral territory. Yeah, I like that song. Uh, that's Hello, Hello Bastards. Bastards. Yeah, I like I like that song, uh, hmm. but otherwise. You know, lifetime. So, oh, so you picked the one song that sounds like the other songs. <laughs> it's not different. That sound. That's what Lifetime sounds like. So if you like that, you like Lifetime. I get it, yeah. but that's a hit. Come on. But, but uh, the, uh, for so, anybody who's so listening, this, yeah. The, if you want to hear the song I'm talking about, it's called "I Say All the Busolet." Um, it's great. Uh, the best, the best version of weird '90s era music. Um, 90s era, like 90s core, I think. Oh, this was all recorded at Traxies. Shout out, Traxies. Uh, you should South know that yeah, South River, that's where the original uh, um, live on Axe Grind episodes were, were recorded, that's right. actually. And uh, yeah, some of the last recordings done there, actually, were live wow. on Axe Grind. Yep, it's cool. Shout out, Traxies. Um, Tom, we're actually running. This is going to be a two-parter, I think. But why don't you give us another one? We'll keep it going. What else can I give that package shit on? Um, let's see. <laughs> hmm. You guys are just going in, I did this, the in this pop punk direction. That's hard for me. I'm sorry, <laughs> fellas. Pop punk. We did one, uh, and they're both hardcore bands. Yeah, that's going to be on the hash it out episode. That's in the hash it out episode, guys. Oh, fucking pooped it out. You pooped on 108. Okay, 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 okay. Really quick, really quick. Yeah. Is as a tease to what I want the hash it out episodes to be the descendants. Are they a hardcore band? Yes or no? Tom. Yes. Patrick. Yes. On a technicality. Ooh, interesting. All right. We'll discuss, uh, Tom, give us, give us a, uh, what were you going to say, Pat? You were trying to make amends. You were make here. I'll do one tragedy fury. It's good. <laughs> You're welcome, Pat. <laughs> Tragedy Fury. Can I pull him up? Can I yell at him on on the air? Please go. What I do? What I do? So we've been talking about doing this for like two weeks. I know. I know. Everyone had homework. Yeah. Bob did his homework. Yeah. Yeah. So I gave like my list just to kind of get the conversation going, and Pat 
literally didn't come with anything. I know. So now he's just stealing. That's not true. I've uh, you. All right, so give us one. You you and I. Okay, but I've talked about it. I've beat this one to death, which is the Amoebix comeback record is the best comeback record of any of these. All right, get the fuck out of here. Nine people that listen to Axe Grind give a shit. It is, but it is so good. You 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 really can't wrap it up. You really (laughs) no go here, Patrick. Sell sell it to somebody who's never heard it. Um, Because you're speaking of you're speaking of the Amoebic record Sonic Mass. Is that correct? Sonic Mass, which uh, has everything that that made Amoebics great, uh, refined to this place where it is now uh, undeniably well played uh, with decent. Like when I say decent, I mean good production. But it's up to you if you think that's what Amoebics should have or not. That's kind of that would be the only sticking point here. And the other sticking point is. There are songs on this that are as heavy as a Hatebreed song. And that is not what you expect necessarily from Amoebics, but it would be if you were paying attention. So what I believe about this record is that it is Amoebics for the enlightened. That's that's my attitude. So to sell Amoebics to somebody, to an Axe Crime listener who has not heard them, who, uh, okay, if you like, and we can tie this into Tragedy Fury, Tragedy is undeniably influenced by amoebics in a these are one of our gods we worship at their altar yeah level. and actually sure. if you, it, it, get this the sonic mass is uh more in the tragedy uh space than previous th- than the that's than right the material then monolith that, or arise that's yes, right yes so uh if you love if you love tragedy you should uh listen to amoebics i won't tell you you have to love it but but you should listen to amoebics because it is of the crust bands I, I maintain this. Amoebics is the one that is, there is a direct line to what we think of as listenable crust in 2023. Amoebics is the one. People can say all sorts of other shit. They can have their favorite crust band, but the crust mm-hmm. band that is playing uh, essentially uh, uh, rock metal that is well, that's- what. <clears throat> That, and that's what makes good crust. I don't care what anybody fucking says. Well, what makes so good the, crust it, it is makes, rock it's, metal. It's a, certain, it's a certain breed of it. There's there's different formats of it, and I, I will allow room for crust to be more than this. But Amoebics definitely plays into the metal leanings and is, I think, influential in that space, actually, too. Their early material, definitely influential in Doom and stuff like that. Oh, sure. Yeah. I, yeah, yeah. I, I, I think they don't get credit they deserve for that. That said... Yes, if you like Stadium Crust, uh, you of, should of any hear the Sonic Mass record. Yeah, you should yeah. hear the Sonic Mass record. If you're intrigued by, I don't think. Okay, if you're into stuff like Twitching Tongues, give this a listen. Yep, there's a lot of. It's not going to be the same. It maybe loses a little bit of the like, uh, only living witness or life of agony elements. But I could still make parallels to those bands from this record oh, too. Certainly. I mean, certainly. Listen, like you, uh, the the vocals are the most distinct in heavy music, in my opinion. Like after this, you have to go into like things that are distinct because they're not pleasant. You know what well, I mean? Well, distinct in a way. I mean, so uh, there's elements vocally that remind me of stuff like Killing Joke, but 100. percent I mean, this is. This is Killing Joke and Motorhead. That's Amoebics, right? Like, and, so- and I like it more. Th- I like it more than most Killing Joke material and more than most Motorhead material. And I find it more... And it's the punk and hardcore version of those things. Yeah. Uh, uh, listen, everybody. Uh, Amoebics, 
is just uh, you're going to hit some uh, speed bumps. You is like if you are listening to uh, Monolith, you're going to hit a couple speed bumps in the form of like, oh, they they went for something on this song. Yeah, w- and, what's the one song in Monolith that gets me every time when I'm listening? Uh, hold on, I'm pulling it up. <laughs> the, yeah, they're, they're, yeah, it's released on heavy metal records initially. Um, I think it's time bomb gets me. I'm like, oh, because everything up to that, I love the power remains. I, the first three, <laughs> somebody who's who's like expecting one thing from this and gets nobody's driving might be. I mean, like, I mean, nobody's nobody's driving is one of the best. It, it, it is it's uh, a great song. Yeah, <laughs> so everybody, weird. if if you want to uh, really. <laughs> Uh, get a chill up your spine about the uh, nuclear anxieties of of mm. this of that moment of the eighties. Uh, this does it better than all of those bands that were singing about uh, s- sort of the possibility of nuclear destruction because this has a sonic and lyrical flourish that makes you feel that there is an apocalyptic thing happening. Uh, it is it is a fucking great band. And Sonic Mass is uh, completely overlooked by some people. It it, uh, but it is. I think that it, it's fantastic. Everybody revisit that one. Uh, so there's my homework, Tom. Also, I had that. I had. I had. I, had that, I listen. I had that Max Penn uh, record on he, my list as well. Um, he did give Max Penn. That's true. He did say it. Um, I nine other ones. You gave, <laughs> no, you listen, gave, you did, you did heavy lifting. You did more you did homework. Work. Okay. Did congratulations. But, uh, but I'm just saying. Pat, do you have uh, Amoebix's Discogs pulled up? Uh, do you have on. the Amoebix Discogs? Pull it up and look at the back cover of Monolith because I think I want to make full color bootleg shirts of this. And uh, tell me if you'd wear this. We'd, we'd get rid of the flat flaps. 100%. It's yeah. so cool. Just like uh, get Amoebix flaps. Yeah, that's true. We do need that. Um, Tragedy Fury. Uh, we should talk on this. Came out twenty. Uh, what did that? Twenty nineteen, I think. Twenty eighteen. Twenty eighteen. Yep. So with Tragedy, uh, I, I don't even. I think if you like aggressive guitar music, and you aren't thrown off by gravelly, gnarly vocals, everything else is if you can hang with the vocals and you're not somebody who needs singy vocals and you like dirty, dark music, then you need to hear tragedy self-titled. And if you want something more advanced and like some uh, Phantom of the opera thrown into your shit too, you need to hear tragedy <laughs> vengeance. At this point, there's an EP between those. The can we call this life seven inch that I think is very good. Tragedy goes on to do some split, maybe two splits, one split, and two more LPs that are both in their own right very good, but we'll consider them kind of the working man's tragedy. They don't seem to have the flair for the dramatic that the first two LPs do. Fury is a full return to form where it is unbelievably dramatic and energy and feels like a bomb went off from a band who was 18 years in at that point and had as discussed, taken a long break from from releasing records. This record is fucking awesome. Like, I, I know I raved about it at the time. Uh, I listened to it not that long ago. I didn't think of it for this conversation, Tom. I'm so glad you brought it up. I love it. I love this record. If someone has six a limited, years between this and has, Darker Days, Darker Days, Ed. If someone has a limited version of this record and they want to trade it or sell it, 
uh, get at me. We'll figure something out. Um, did it come out on physical? Because I knew we found it because it was like, oh shit, it's on Bandcamp. Yeah, no, they did. They did press it. They pressed a ton. They sold a ton. There's some rare copies okay. of it, but they're awesome. I mean, the rare versions of this are like, oh, the last one, the highest is one seventy five. The medium price is one fifty. So Jesus, uh, okay. yeah, yeah, this is this is a record. Um, like, uh, who? Who in the average Axe to Grind listenership is missing tragedy right now that could ride for it? You know what um, I mean? Like, like I think if somebody's here who just flatly is like, yeah, like Turnstile and like lighter stuff uh, and anxious, maybe maybe tragedy is not the right way for you. But like, I I don't know who who is missing this that could get on this train. Oh, if you like if you like any of the breed of bay stuff whether it's gulch or spy or scalped oh or even stuff like tsunami you 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 should hear this band jesus christ um yeah this is the essential in my opinion uh arguably one of the best bands of the past 20 years Uh, 25 since 2000 a thing that's so interesting to me, even though it's so typical and it's just the way things are, is tragedy was unavoidable in all corners of hardcore when the self-titled came out. Unavoidable. Right. Uh, metalcore bands were all wearing tragedy shirts in an effort to show some credibility. And, and right. patches on their fucking denim jackets. Yep. Yeah. Now, yep. here's the thing. It is an incredibly likable record, so I don't. I'm not ca- calling anybody a liar. I'm just <laughs> you know I mean? like, and a cool logo and, and a cool logo. Cool logo. So, uh, but no, I mean, like, I think it would be fair to say if you didn't like the band, they were so in the water that it could be annoying. Oh you yeah, you know what I mean. That, it that's was for sure. just, but, and and you know me, you you know that I, yeah. if if they were if they were not good, this would be a problem. <laughs> you know I mean? Even I, if they were not, like, even if they were not. Excellent. If they were not exemplary, right? Yep. Like if they were just good and you just were like, what the fuck's the big deal? Yep. Um, so, uh, but what's interesting is as unavoidable as they were uh, during that time, uh, when Fury came out, uh, it, it, it was a saw, so- it hit soft. And I don't mean the record. I mean, it was, people can't stay the same level of hype for you forever. So even though, as Bob pointed out, the, uh, if tragedy pressed just you know uh, uh, the, uh, uh, an audio recording of of them using the toilet, uh, it would sell many vinyl copies. There is no debate. But <laughs> you can't maintain the level of conversation around you forever. And uh, and uh, I thought it was so interesting when Fury came out that it <clears throat> it didn't occupy the minds of everybody the way that tragedy did before and that and that's what i think is did so they play shows uh they might have done a couple like maybe i don't remember couple. them ever playing just, just maybe maybe a couple honestly not not very did they no come tours. to new york i don't think so no 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 no, no. like like local like Portland. maybe yeah. maybe they played arizona? The Bay, did they play arizona that. that's in my mind for some reason no they didn't they i legit think because so the record came out they played a couple local shows where they had the record and I think that was it. And I believe I believe they were approached about doing more and they're like, nah, we're good. 
Mm. So, you know, um, I hope I get to see them again sometime. Uh, the last time I saw them was good, but it was weird. So, uh, I'd like to see them again. Yo, let's do a part two because this was great. This is a great topic and there's a lot more. Hopefully, people are discovering it. And uh, for part two, we'll go through more of our list here. Big thanks to Tom. Little thanks to Patrick. Um, and, uh, and sorry, sorry you, I was reading about the Excess Decibels Entertainment's Hellfest Battle of the Bands 2004. Sorry, I was giving us content for days. Content for Pat's days. Pat's Rob Flynn wash around in his fucking wind, uh, Chrome X windbreaker. So, uh, sorry, we'll sorry that I have to inform you guys that Kyle Krasuski. Uh, Owner of no oh. owner of no milk records and Joanna Angel uh, were mm. judges in that uh, excess decibels uh, entertainment's uh, Hellfest Battle of the Bands two thousand four. Sorry, I got to tell you guys. Excess DB, yeah, excess DB. Yeah, but, but those are decibels. Thank you for trying to like those are to like I'm not, like I'm, make I'm, it nicer, but it's excess DB. Those it's are decibels. Heath do Miller. You, do you even Heath I, Miller? Right. What are we talking about? Um, Thank you for the content for days. Uh, everybody, send us your favorite reunion records, but don't send us just the one. We'll put the ask out. We'll hit you on the. We'll hit you on the ground. 